David Harrington, Rashawn Myers, and Carl Keller. You can follow the Main Event Sports Show on Twitter at eSports. Like our Facebook page at Main Event Sports Radio. And follow us online at MainEventSportsRadio101.com. You can also listen to episodes of the Main Event Sports Show on Stitcher Radio. And tune in radio, just search for the Main Event Sports Show. And now it's time for the Main Event. New Praise Power Station 1350 WLU, the New Praise 1047, stronger so you can listen longer. It is now time for your number one sports show. Bring your host Haven Harrington and Rashawn Mars and Carlos Kellum. And I bring you the number one sports show, Maine. It is sports radio show. I want to drop it like it's hot. Rashad Myers, give it to me off the top. What's going on, Louisville? It is once again time for the main event sports show. Myself, Rashad Myers, the man, the myth, the legend, Haven Harrington on the ones and twos. Got the magic man behind the glass, Jay Harris, and a very special guest in studio with us. The one, the only, Mr. Lloyd Spence, talking noise in the house. What's going on? What's going on, fellas? Good to be here. Man, I tell you what, we have so many things going on. We have an action-packed, jam-packed show. I know we're probably not even going to be able to get through it all, but we can't. we're coming off a great show last Saturday night. We're going to have Mike Hughes, InsideTheVille.com. My mentor, the man that, that got me my start in the business, is going to be on talking all things. University of Louisville, basketball, recruiting. He's got all the football news. He's got the lowdown on everything going on with the crew. It's a huge, huge recruiting weekend for Bobby Petrino and the new staff. Uh, the contact period just started Thursday, okay, so that the, the coaches were out on the road. They were down in Florida. They were in Georgia. They were in Ohio. Uh, so Mike Hughes is going to be able to give us the uh, the jump on all that and what's going on there. And, of course, we can take your calls as well, 502-776-1350. Give us a call on the Peer Group Hotline, and uh, we'll, we'll be taking your calls. But, fellas, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of things going on. Of course, you have a huge, huge tilt tonight. ESPN Game Day, University of Louisville, taking on your beloved UConn Huskies. Uh, you got Shabazz Napier up there. You have all those guys. You have uh, 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 just a rabid crowd. I heard this is going to be an, an on-campus event. This is not going to be at the Hartford, the, the Hartford Civic Center or wherever they have the one out in town. No, they're going to have this in the little band box uh -oh. on, on the university campus. Okay, so I'm expecting, you know, what was it, probably eight or 9,000 in the building, raucous crowd. Haven, what do you think about, I, I, I've seen Twitter talking about it all day. Is this a must win for the University of Louisville? Every game from here on out is a must win for your University of Louisville Fighting Cardinals, the bird with teeth. I mean, they have to win every game from here on out. I mean, let's be honest, and I've said this all season long, you play the Little Sisters of the Poor, followed by the National Midget Society Basketball Association, followed by the Kentucky School for the Blind, <laughs> followed by Young, Gifted, and Black. You played all those teams. <laughs> you racked up a 15-3 and record, and the only teams with the post you played all year you lost to. That's a horrible – it's true. But the only teams with the post you played you lost to. You lost to Memphis at home. You, you, you didn't play against Kentucky. I, I just want to let you know something, Haven. Go ahead. 
you have an amazing ability to be as blunt as possible. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's definitely a gift of you. I just want to let you know. You can get this, please continue to pontificate over there, my brother. I will continue to pontificate. So, <laughs> they will have, I mean, every game here now is a must win. I mean, they will have to run the table. You're going to have to beat Memphis at Memphis. You have to beat Cincinnati twice. And you're going to have to beat UConn twice. Well, I mean, not twice. I would say the, of the last five games, you have to at least win three of them. Yeah. You're going to have to at least win three of them and at least look good in one of those three wins. And, and I think that – I don't think it's a must win, but I, I, I want to say it's, that – It's getting pretty close. It, it depends on what you consider a must win. It's not a must win to get into the NCAA tournament. No, it it may be a must win if you want to get the type of seed – that you want to get. You want to try to get into one of those top four seed lines. That way you have some some uh, ability to stay close to home for the NCAA tournament. I think along those lines, it could possibly be a must win. I don't know if I'd say it's a guaranteed must win. They still get to go on the road down to Memphis. Uh, they're still going to have to go on the road to SMU and to Houston. You still have Cincinnati twice. So they're still going to have some opportunities. But this definitely, with the game day crew out there, they're going to have their, their A team up there uh, in, in Connecticut tonight. This is a good opportunity to me for the University of Louisville to be able to go out there, put their best foot forward, and most importantly, they can start to gain an identity because I don't think this University of Louisville team really has that yet. I don't think from what I've seen that they've looked like a bunch of guys out there playing. Now, I've seen excellent passing against your lesser teams. They had a great passing game against Central Florida Ooh. where they shot the ball very well. They had a great passing game against SMU. Took a Brown High you, you School. Know, they, they've had a lot of good passing games. St. France got a passing game. I, I totally agree with you, but what, they, what I want to see them do today is I want to see them go out there and have the confidence to pass the ball and to trust in these guys that maybe have not done it before against good competition because as I've continued to say, people say, well, they're not really playing anybody. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. You can always pass the basketball, okay? The level and the talent of your opponent does not make you pass or not pass the basketball. I think that the biggest issue has been Russ Smith does not have the trust in his teammates yet. I think that his teammates, in turn, really look to Russ and kind of say, save us. You know, what, what are you going to do? I mean, really it seems like Russ Smith, Luke Hancock and Chris Jones are the only three guys that will say, you know what, give me the ball, I'm going to make something happen. But you can't do that. You can't play three on five. I just don't think it's a good uh, – Well, you know, the, the problem is Louisville doesn't have a true point guard. And I think this is something we – I mentioned on Twitter, you kind of backed me up and had my back on this for Sean. Mm-hmm. They don't have a point guard. You have two scores, Russ Smith, Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. You have two scores. And the best option it looks like now is going to be Rozier. And I think that's a pretty good option. That's the point where Wayne has to come off the bench because I like to say Louisville fans that the Amber Alert has uh, been put out there for most of the season, but Wayne was found apparently uh, against Houston. And so it's good that we found Wayne and he he showed up. But he will disappear again, I'm sure, for another like four or five games. Now, now, Lloyd, let let, let me ask you, as far as what you've seen from Chris Jones, from Russ Smith, I know you are always there on the sidelines watching intently. You don't even move. You don't talk to anybody while while the game is going on. I've noticed that up on press row at the table. student of the game. Yeah, so so, so tell me what you think, what what you've seen so far, and, and are we on the right track with what needs to happen with this team? Well, I mean, you look at the team, and, and I don't think it's so much that they're, that they're offensively struggling at all. I think it's more where you miss the Peyton Seaver, where you miss the Gorgie Jane, you miss what they presented in leadership on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And why it appears that 
it's a better mix with Terry Rozier uh, than it is with Chris Jones is because Terry is more of a uh, I think he's more astute in understanding the defensive side of the ball. He's starting to pick it up a little bit better than I think Chris has. And so if the, the identity that you were talking about a minute ago that's missing is the identity to be able to understand that this team for the past two years and really historically since Rick has been here has rested his hat on being a great defensive team and when you watch the game that's where they're making their mistakes when, when you see a mango come down in the SMU game and he's and uh, Sean Williams is in the middle and Montrez is on his left side and mango stops at the elbow for a reason that only mango knows and they dump the ball down to shine for an easy dunk it's those little moments like that that's what's killing Louisville right now but if they can recapture that defensive identity where they understand they communicate there's a quarterback that uh, a Terry or a, a, a Russ that quarterbacks that defense then I think they'll be okay but right now they just there's they've been struggling through that no, and I totally agree with you. I think that's going to be something. And I think this is, you know, people want to talk about the differences between the University of Louisville and the University of Kentucky. Saying Kentucky's got all these freshmen. They're new. They're going to learn. They're going to get better as the season progresses. Well, when you look at it, this University of Louisville team is a new team. Yes, these are a lot of veteran guys, but pretty much everybody on the team has a different role than what they've ever had since they've been on campus. I mean, the only guy that's even playing close to the same role that he did last year is Montrez Harrell, but he's also being asked to do it for a lot more minutes than he's used to, and now he's a focal point of the defensive attack. So, I mean, while it's true to say, yeah, Louisville has guys that have been on campus longer, pretty much no one is playing the same spot. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Well, leadership is new. And and you, you you can't you have to grow into leadership. It, it's it's not something that always comes natural. There are guys, you know, they say you know leaders are born. I don't necessarily agree completely with that. I think leaders are are they you are born to lead, but then you develop into great leadership. And I think that's what happens. That's what's happening with this team. They're not they don't have a true leader yet. And and we, they got somebody's got to emerge and step up and say. This is how you do this. This is what Louisville basketball looks like. And uh, that's that seems to be the struggle right now. But it, last game was much, 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 much better. The last two games actually have been much, much better. You're seeing a Luke Hancock step into that role a little bit more. You're seeing a Montrez be a lot more vocal uh, on the defensive side of the ball. If they can fix that side, I think the off – think about this, guys. Last year, 60% of their offense came – or 70% of their offense came from steals and turnovers. So when when you've been traditionally built that way, it's hard now to go to a whole different style of basketball, which is what has happened because now it's all offensive. That's not where they've been good. They've been good because they had a great defense, and they got to get back to their identity. No, like they I, say defense wins championships. No question. No question. No, I totally agree with you there. And let's go ahead and bring another guy into this conversation, the man himself, Mr. Mike Hughes, InsideTheVille.com, a proud part of the 247 Sports Network. Mike, I know we have a lot of questions about football, the coaching change, football recruiting, but since we're already into basketball and kind of talking about what's happening uh, with the University of Louisville with a huge game up at UConn tonight, um, if you could just chime in, on, on what's being talked about right now as far as the identity of this team and what needs to happen for these guys to kind of come away with a big win tonight and moving forward. Well, I don't think the coach is going to have to play well. I don't think 
that I, I posed to the group a bit earlier as well was uh, it seemed as if Russ Smith didn't really have that trust in his teammates nor the fact that the, the, the team did not really have the, uh, uh, you know, they didn't really want the ball. It was a lot of standing around and watching Russ do a lot of things versus the good competition versus your Memphis versus your North Carolina, uh, those types of teams versus Kentucky. Um, do you think that's something that needs to develop as well? Does Terry Rozier need to kind of take more of a authoritative role to get that ball moving and, and try to, uh, you know, make the defense work a little bit with the pass? Yeah, I think Rick the team has found his lineup uh, the last couple of games with, with Mike Hancock and Smith and, and, and Rozier at the point. I, I think that's the best lineup. I think the ball moves a lot better with that lineup. I think they're much better offensively. And I think they're better defensively on the perimeter when Rozier's at the point. Um, I, I, I think he's a little bigger, more athletic defender. I think he keeps guys out of the line, and I think that's exactly what Marvel needs because, um, you know, Tango losses to Memphis specifically. Um, and Kentucky and North Carolina. Uh, they were a little on their perimeter defense. Uh, guys got into the lane and, and that caused Marvel some problems. So I think Taylor was going to solve some defensive problems. Um, so, you know, I kind of like that lineup. I'm interested to see how Taylor responds tonight on the road uh, against the veteran backcourt like Bert Wright and Napier. And um, if he's as good as I think he is, I, I think Rick Petino is probably going to stick with this lineup the rest. You know, most of the way because he, he has a little bit of good. Um, I, I think the chemistry between him and Rex Smith is a little bit better uh, than Jones and Smith. Those, those two guys are, are virtually the same. I mean, they've got the scoring mentality, um, and the ball doesn't seem to move as well. The spacing doesn't seem to be as good. So, you know, I, I think I, I like this rotation that the Patino's got. I'm glad he kind of figured that out because. Uh, you know, you, you've got two teams tonight who are playing really good basketball. I mean, uh, you know, you can just went on the road and shot 57% beat Memphis. 
This is a Haven Harrington here at Main Event Sports. We're talking to Mike Hughes of InsideTheVille.com. Mike, uh, I'm going to turn the attention away from basketball just for like, shocker there. By I know, like right, a shocker, right? <laughs> you know, just for maybe the rest of the show. And um, want to ask you about the the big recruiting weekend that's going on right now here at University of Louisville. Uh, you know, there's a lot of folks out there know they're hosting a lot of uh, young, talented kids, and you know this is a class where Louisville really needs a lot of the defensive tackles and wide receivers. Uh, due to you know a lot of guys graduating this year, so can you give us kind of skinny on who's coming in and who who, who maybe the maybe the star of, of the group so far? Committed, of course, Puna Ford taking a visit down to Texas right now, um, as well as Chris Nelson, another big defensive tackle. Um, but there's a couple of other guys, uh, George Rushing, as well as uh, Isaiah Ford, uh, who are two guys who were wide receivers. Uh, they did com- decommit from the University of Louisville, but they are still considering uh, the University of Louisville. I want to ask you two questions. First, what are the chances that those two guys 
um, are going to end up coming back to the fold, especially with the Bobby Petrino, who, a guy who's known uh, for really accentuating what wide, what wide receivers do out there on the field. And secondly, do you expect any other defections from the current recruits, or do you think everybody else is going to pretty much stay put? By the way, he reminds me a lot of uh, uh, of uh, Michael Lee Harris. Uh, the very similar body type. Uh, both seem to run routes very well, so I definitely like to see him back. Isaiah Ford is an outstanding wide receiver prospect as well, uh, but I, I tend to agree with you. Now, there, of course, immediately after the coaching change, there was a lot of what I like to call consternation amongst Card Nation about Daniel Gre- uh, uh, Gresham. Uh, being, uh, I don't want to say booted out, but told that he's no longer going to have a scholarship. Uh, no longer yeah. <laughs> With uh, uh, the eyes on DeAndre Furby, who, of course, uh, everybody remembers, he absolutely destroyed uh, Louisville Trinity uh, to kick off the uh, high school football season. Uh, what do you think about Furby? Do you think that University of Louisville's uh, doing the right thing, especially considering uh, Gresham was the number one fullback in the nation? Good deal. Now, 
You know, we kind of talked about recruits, but uh, other questions I've been getting a lot is, what do you think about the defensive staff that uh, that Bobby has able to uh, assemble here at the University of Louisville? Uh, what, what are your impressions on Grantham, Todd, and Tony, and uh, you know, as Terrell Buckley, as uh, you know, as kind of cornerstones here of his of his new defensive staff? I think it's a. I, I think he hit a home run. I think it's a terrific staff. I mean, you know, Grantham has coached in the NFL for a number of years. He was a coordinator in the NFL. He was a coordinator, successful coordinator in the SEC. Uh, you know, you look at you look at uh, Georgia winning two East titles in the SEC, and and Grantham's defenses were a big reason why. I mean, he's a he's a closer on the recruiting trail. Uh, he, he I, I think he runs a. You know, a pro-style 3-4 defense, kind of like the one you saw that just won the national championship at Florida State. And I think it's a perfect complement to Bobby Petrino's offense. It's an, you know, it's an aggressive defense. It's an attacking defense. It creates turnovers. And, and I think that's going to allow Bobby Petrino's offense to have more possessions in a game. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think high school players are going to be really attracted to playing for a you know, for a guy who's been a coordinator at the NFL, and you, you talk about Terrell Buckley, and you know he's one of the greatest players, defensive players who's ever played at Florida State, number of years in the NFL. So there, there's a guy, a position coach with NFL experience, and you know you didn't mention Clint Hurt, but he's still there. He's going to coach the the defensive line, and I think we all know what uh, you know what what kind of coach and recruiter Clint Hurt is around these parts, and. And certainly when you start talking about the, you know, Tony Grantham's and L.D. Scott, I think you're, you're talking about guys that are, you know, familiar with Petrino, and, and obviously Tony's familiar with his brother Todd, who's, who's going to be the coordinator. So I think it's a really good staff. I think, I think, I think Bobby Petrino, in a short amount of time, put together an A-plus staff on both sides of the ball. And, and I, I think Louisville's positioned now to go into the ACC and compete next year. I totally agree with you. I, I think that Mike, I don't want to say, well, actually, I'm going to go ahead and say because, you know, I always speak my mind. <laughs> I think that Louisville got the best of both worlds. I think that after uh, the man who will not be named, <laughs> Crackthorpe, uh, left and completely ruined the University of Louisville's football program, I think the fact that they were able to bring in Coach Strong to uh, get Louisville back on the uh, on the right track, go out there, win their second BCS bowl game, uh, and leave the conference completely filled for Coach Petrino to ultimately come back. I think that they've gotten an upgrade on the coaching staff. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think you could certainly make that argument. I mean, I, I think Bobby Petrino is one of the top five head coaches, and I think Charlie Strong is probably a top ten co- head coach. So, you know, if, if that's if that's how you if that's how you judge it, yes, they they certainly upgraded in the head coach department. But you know, Charlie did a great job. My hats off to him. Uh, he's he's a hell of a recruiter. Uh, he gets guys ready to play. He's a great motivator. The the kids love to play for him. He runs a great program on and off the field. You know, those guys did great in the classroom. Uh, he never had off the field problems. Um, he did well. He rebuilt Louisville's program. He, he won 23 of 26 games the last two seasons, won a couple of big bowl games. So, you know, hats off to him, and, and, and I'm really excited. Uh, having said that, I'm really excited about, uh, you know, the changes that have happened and, and Bobby coming in, coming back, and, and Todd Grantham leading the defense. So I, I think Louisville's in a, in a great spot going into the ACC next year. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. And we cannot wait until the spring game gets here. Spring practice opens up, and we can start to see some of uh, some of those old ball plays that come out from Bobby Petrino. But, of course, before I let you go, i got to make my man Jay Hans happy. He always wants to know what's going on with the basketball and the basketball recruits. So i got to ask you, of course, Quentin Snyder had an excellent game today at the LIT. I heard Shaquan Aaron did very well at the Flying to the Hoop up in Ohio. Um, if you could just kind of talk about um, – what Louisville can look forward to, uh, you know, as far as are there any recruits, um, uh, you know, in, in the future that we need to keep an eye on? As far I know, uh, Louisville's looking at a couple of big men uh, as a possibility. I know that they've uh, made some inquiries about a, a guard out west. Um, what's the recruiting for the spring looking like for uh, Coach Patino and the cards? You know, I, I think for the most part they're probably done. Signed five guys in the in the early signing period. They, they're probably looking for another big guy. I mean. They've got a kid that's that's overseas that that's a possibility. They've got a kid down in Florida from Egypt who's a seven footer who they just had on campus a couple of weeks ago. Um, those are those are probably the two guys that you want to watch. Um, you know, I, I can't really talk about either guy because I haven't seen either one in person. So, and I don't think a lot of uh, you know I don't think a lot of the guys in here in the states have have, have really had a chance to eyeball either one. So. Um, you know, Michael Tchaikovsky is a guy to watch, a name to watch. Um, Anasa Sama, uh, the kid from Florida who's who's a native Egyptian, he's a kid to watch. So, you know, I, I think if they add a guy in the spring, it's probably going to be a big guy, and, and those are probably the two most likely possibilities. Well, there you go, and there you have it again. Mike Hughes, InsideTheVille.com. Uh, go there for all your information. Now, Mike, I just want to uh, just give you some props because – Ever since this Petrino thing broke, even before Charlie Strong left and took the job uh, at Texas, you were absolutely on it. And unlike a lot of the local media guys, you came out there and said that Bobby Petrino was the guy that you wanted. I was right along those same lines, um, but uh, continued to just absolutely knock home runs when it came to coverage, finding out about the defensive coaching staff. Uh, you know, I, I just want to say uh, Inside the Ville has definitely been uh, on point when it came to uh, covering this whole craziness. I appreciate those uh, compliments. Very kind of you. Well, 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 Mike Hughes, as always, I do appreciate it. We'll definitely uh, – <laughs> I know you've made Haven's Day uh, talking a lot of football. So uh, we definitely appreciate that, and we'll have you back again uh, before too long. Hopefully we can talk a little spring ball next time. Anytime. Well, there we go. There Mike Hughes inside the Ville. You know, let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the really big news of the day. The really, really big news of the day, which is Jay has his lovely birthday day. We have more information coming after the break about how you can be a participant. In Jay, and I'm going to hijack Jay Haz's celebrity birthday bag. I'm going to throw my name in there as well because Jay Haz is kind of towards the end of the month. I, I start the month off. I, I turned 40, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump on for my 40th birthday party. I'm going to throw that all. There's going to be the Jay Haz, Haven Harrington, 40th birthday extravaganza. And we're going to tell you how you can join us, hang out with us, ride in the limo with us. And if you if you were able to make any of our other events, you know how we do it. We, have, we have a limo with about 40 or 50 of your favorite Cardinal greats, UK greats, uh, uh, Reds, Bengals, uh, all sorts of athletes. You can hang out with us, have fun. We'll ride all over town and just have a great time. And we want you to be involved. We want to tell you how you can be involved after the commercial break. And we're also going to break down 
the AFC NFC Championship Weekend. Let's talk about basketball, folks. <laughs> Let's talk about basketball this weekend. This weekend is all about the NFL, the greatest sports league ever assembled underneath man. NFL, we'll talk about that much, much more when we come back on your Main Event Sports Show. <laughs> Kevin Willis of Toyota of Louisville, 6514 Dixie Highway, is proud to present Louisville Legends. Call Kevin at 480-888. From Hodgensville, Georgia, a young man came to the UofL campus with a dedication and inner strength to be the very best. Derek Smith was truly committed. Derek was known by his teammates as the facilitator. He made things happen. While at UofL, Derek Smith made quite an impact. Metro Conference Player of the Year in 1981, three-time All-Metro Conference Player 1980 through 1982. Starting forward on the 1980 National Championship team, compiled 1,826 points while at UofL, which ranks him sixth on the all-time scoring list. While at UofL, Derek Smith was credited while creating and popularizing the High Five, a congratulatory gesture still used today. After Derek's tenure at UofL, he spent nine seasons in the NBA and ranked the number one guard in 1984 and 85. When he averaged 22 points per game, Derek suffered a career-ending knee injury in 1991 but went on to be an assistant coach for the Washington Bullets. To the dismay of all Cardinal fans, Derek lost his life on a Norwegian cruise line in 1994 of a massive heart attack. Although gone, Derek Smith left a legacy. His son, Nolan, who followed in his footsteps and also played on the 2010 Duke National Championship team, Derek Smith, a true Louisville legend. Louisville legend. Legends. And welcome back to the Man Event Sports Show. This is your host here, Haven Harrington, joined in studio by the man, the myth, the legend himself, the only man who can wear a long sleeve mauve colored sweater and still be supported. I give you Jay Haz. Hey, man, that's Salmon. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Salmon. That's not We also got the green eyed bandit over here, the 62nd assassin. I give you Rashawn Myers. Big ups to Brooklyn, baby. That's right. And joined in studio by the man himself, Mr. Talking Noise. I think we're entertaining Lloyd. Lloyd. Today, the the pastor. This is great. Spence. This is great. Shout out to Brooklyn. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. And online we have the verbal one himself. Carlo, Mr. Marvellous, Carlo, Carlo. The venerable oh. one, man. It's the venerable one. He's got a new one. Well, you know, somebody had to hold it down here at the greatness of this WLOU Studios. 
in the, the main event sports studios. Yeah, had to hold it down. Yeah, plus we had a All righty, I'm, I'm excited because you know we love the fights. Awesome. Look well, at Mr. Marvell is dropping, dropping knowledge. Just a little bit of confidence. There we go. So let me ask you a question. Like, what's the big fight tonight? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Now, now are, are there any other fights that are to catch your eye that our listeners should be keenly, keenly aware of? Now, now let me ask and, and Mr. Marvellis always does an excellent job with the camera, and, and that kind of leads me to my next question. As the hottest young judge of MMA in the state of Kentucky, I just want to know, what is your pre-fight ritual. Do you like put the headphones on and listen to music kind of like uh, you know, one of the superstars? What is your pre-game ritual to get ready, uh, you know, before these fights get started? West Montgomery, there we go. Look, dropping it heavy. <laughs> Mr. Well, you know what? The next time Turf, you know what? Next time we will do that, we will come live from Turfway. So you make that happen for us. Let them know. What up, Kellum? I'm good, man. Big win. Come on, man. This is a home get. Well, Tennessee is not hard tonight, so, you know, they, they strike fear in many hearts. <laughs> uh, only good basketball team that was orange is Oklahoma State. And last I checked, Marcus Smart wasn't on the court in rough today, so I don't know. About that. <laughs> there we go. Carlos Kellum, bringing it hot. Talking about the greatness of this UK. Well, you know, you guys need to give UK more love, man. You understand? UK. Is about to turn that corner. Kentucky is terrible. And they, no, they're not. <laughs> Kentucky is about to turn the corner and become the team we thought they would be. Hey, let me tell you season. something. This is the longest corner in history because I, 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 I think they're already the team I thought they would be. I, I listen, man. <laughs> freshman or freshman, it, when you, it's hard to get any freshman to play at a high level. So to get six freshmen to play at a high level, that, you're asking a lot. I, if one man can do it, John Calipari can do it. If one man can do it. Okay. 
Don can do it. Hey, all I'm saying from Kentucky, I, I'm, I'm just going to have to keep it real with y'all. Yes, they have a lot of talent. Okay. No the University of Kentucky has a lot of guys that will hear their name called uh, for the NBA draft. Okay, there's no doubt about that. But the bottom line, at the end of the day, they only have two road wins this season. Two more than us. No, Louisville has several road wins. No, no already quality. This year. Quality. No, oh, they definitely don't have any quality road wins. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this. I've been hearing that a lot about from a lot of fans that Louisville schedule is weak and this, that, and the other. <laughs> and it, that's such an overrated statement because here's the reality the Wichita States, the Memphises, the BCUs, the Butlers, those are teams that did not play necessarily hardcore quality conference games or non-conference games, and they got to the Final Four. And, I think and it's name, not really a name how many national champions come well, out of that group. But that's not the point. The how point, many national champions come out of that group? But that's not really the point. The point is you want to give yourself a chance to get to the Final Four, and it's not about the necessarily just the opponent that you're playing, but you have to get better at the things that you're good at every game. And that's what you want to see from Louisville. If you're a Louisville fan, why you play you really care better about competition. That. You see, that's why I love the Denny Crumb school of scheduling. Not necessarily, <laughs> though. Not necessarily, because Denny, listen, for all the times that Denny played quality competition and quote-unquote was supposed to get better, there were many, many years that Denny played quality competition and didn't change at all. That's true. So, it, it that's that's a bit of a misnomer to say that competition always well, drags I, out. I was Denny from the like, 90s after Wade Houston. See, no, I, I'm, I'm see the same guy. I'm with you. you. See, I'm, there's pre Wade Houston, bro. See, the, <laughs> I'm going to go right now. See, like, there's pre Wade Houston, Denny Crowe. Hey, fat man, he's saying Wade Houston. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen both them Denny's. <laughs> the thing is this, okay? I think that playing a tough schedule gets overrated because we've seen so many times when the Big East was, in, you know, in, in its heyday over the last, you know, six or seven years with Louisville was a part of that, uh, and, you know, they were getting nine, ten teams into the tournament. Those teams a lot of times lost early on in the NCAA tournament. So I think that the whole schedule thing gets well overblown. The, what it takes it to make a good night. It definitely helps to go out there and to play somebody. But I think the more important thing is, A, you need to have a team that's playing its best basketball at the end of the year, and, B, you have to have the talent to get there. Because regardless of who it is, regardless of whether it was George Mason, regardless of whether it was Wichita State, Louisville, uh, you know, it takes talent to get to a Final Four. You don't get to a Final Four by luck. I don't care who it is. So, I mean, you have to be playing good basketball, and you need to have a favorable draw. I think this year, more than any, I think there's a lot of teams that can make a Final Four run if they get the right draw, and Louisville goes into that group as well as Kentucky. And, by the way, Arizona, Syracuse, Syracuse got a big win today against Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona didn't play today. Yeah. Uh, none of those teams right now want to play Wichita State, I promise you. They don't want any parts of Wichita State. That is an incredibly experienced team playing at an extremely high level right now. And I promise you, by March, they're going to be ready. They are going to be an unbelievably tough out. And they're going to be a two or three seed. So you, they're the shockers. They're the, they are the shockers. <laughs> and, they, and they are going to shock a lot of people. They're the new Butler. They're the new VCU. So I think it gets overrated a lot of times and saying, man, that schedule's got to be tough. We're kind of spoiled because we saw so many tough seasons in the Big East. Right. And so we're used to that level, high level of competition. And we could kind of measure how good the team was, but without looking at the, the, you know, using the competition as a measurement in addition to 
not really taking a hard look at this, the team itself. But this year, you just got to look at the team itself and say, okay, are they getting better? And, and to your point, Lloyd, if this is not, first of all, this is not a horrible conference. There's going to be five. Right now, Joe Rowdy is predicting five AAC teams to go to the tournament, okay? So that's pretty strong. That would make them probably getting maybe the fourth most of any conference. Uh, into the NCAA tournament. So it's not like it's a one-bid league, okay? It's not like the Pac-12 was a few years ago when you pretty much had, what, Washington was the only team to get into the tournament. So, I mean, let's not overblow it. Now, definitely, it may not be the big, it's not the Big East, okay? No. It's not the Big East. It's not the Big Ten. It's not the ACC, even though the ACC is looking pretty bad right now. Um, it's not one of the very tip-top leagues, but it's not as bad as a lot of people make it out to see. So, I mean, the biggest thing for a team like Louisville, they've already been the back-to-back Final Fours. They have the experience. They've so already you know proven they can get better. They've got to get better. Maybe this just a time for them to take a break for a little bit. Does somebody else go to Final Four? I understand what they're trying to no, do. No, nobody I else can go. No, Louisville wants all the Final In the words of the Beastie Boys, no sleep. Till Dallas. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep till Dallas. I like that. I like that. See? There you go. Lloyd's, See, Lloyd, Lloyd's all right. Lloyd's all right. <laughs> but you know what? Speaking of Dallas, Dallas is home of the Dallas Cowboys, who reside in the NFL. The greatest sports trophy known as the You worked there, my brother. That's right. That's right. Because, uh, you know, college basketball is great. But let's be honest. Up until no, uh, February the 5th, it's all about the NFL. We're counting down to the dumbest Super Bowl in history. Because it's, <laughs> it's, in New York City. it's not the dumbest Super Bowl, but <laughs> oh, the best location. Because we were thinking about going. We were seriously thinking about going to the Super Bowl. And then I was like, hmm, New Jersey. It's going to be two degrees outside of the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just don't. I don't. Not the Before we talk about the, the championship games, I just got it. Lloyd Smith is, is is in studio with us. So Lloyd, I want to ask you: Is this the dumbest idea ever to play the Super Bowl in an outside stadium in the north? <laughs> I mean, is that Minnesota? It's not the best. Okay, it's not the best. Not Green Bay. But let me say this: A Super Bowl is a Super Bowl, and, and you can't tell the Seahawks, the Patriots, uh, the Broncos, or the 49ers that this is not a great opportunity. So, oh yeah, I mean. It, Their fans will be there. Personally, I'm not excited about being outside in the cold for a Super Bowl. But at the same time, you know, everybody thinks about this Super Bowl, but you think back just a couple of years ago, it was in Dallas, and I was in Dallas for that Super Bowl, yeah. and it snowed. And we yeah. didn't. We were snowed in the entire weekend. We didn't get to do Operative anything. Operative word was in. Well, As but, in dome. But even, when, <laughs> but even inside Jerry World, uh, it was still – Cold. I mean, it was not ideal right. circumstances for the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it, it's probably more against the fans than it is for the players. I mean, the players, while they would love to be in sunshine, but I mean, you know, it's a Super Bowl, man. You, that ring is going. The winner of that game, <laughs> that ring is still going to say Super Bowl champs no matter what. So, I know you take what and you that, need. And, and who, who's, who's the halftime show? Bruno Mars. Is Bruno going to be able to perform when it's like three degrees outside? I don't know if Yes, he will. And he's bringing somebody with him. Uh, it's a band. I hope he's got a throat warmer. I can't remember the name. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to say this. The greatest thing about the Super Bowl being in a, in a cold climate is that you will hear this phrase uttered no less than five million times, which is, the frozen tundra. I don't <laughs> say it just like that. The frozen tundra. But since saying of the frozen tundra, Lambeau Field, 
I like that. It's going to be the frozen tundra. A midlife stadium. A midlife stadium in the Meadowlands of New Jersey. <laughs> and, and, and then we hear that great NFL theme music. It's going to come on behind it. I think it's going to be okay. Oh, It'll be all right. That's a, it's the worst, it's the worst idea ever. I, it, as, soon as, they, as soon as they announced the best. that they gave I was like, the best. hold on, that's an outside stadium. What are they – uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a football fans, you know, football fans are tough. Football fans are tough. They're like little pansy. I just want to see the guys who are outside with no shirts on. Well. I can't even picture them. Football fans are tough. This could work out really much better than, than the NFL could have possibly planned it. Because if the Seahawks win, then it's the Seahawks versus two teams that aren't afraid to play in the gold. So you, that – Says that the game will probably be a decent game because we're talking about two teams aren't and the fans aren't afraid to be in the cold. So you yeah. should get a really good turnout because if if the Seahawks now the 49ers win, it'll be you know people still show up. If people show up, but the 49ers probably now are, if you are a fan, are you going to go out there because you know the, the the ticket prices for the Super Bowl are ridiculous. Are you, you going to go out there and pay like five thousand dollars to sit and freeze your keister out? I'm yeah, probably going to pass Super Bowl. on that one. You know what? Thank you. You know what? I'm going to be a Super Bowl. People will. It's going to be. I'm going to be a football player. I'll say this. If the Giants had made it, I'd go. I would go. I'd go. You know, if the Giants had made it. But I'm a Giants fan. Right. So that would be the only reason. I'm going to tell you how big the Super Bowl is. When you have companies running out, cruise liners, the party, that's big. Only the Super Bowl can have that kind of magnitude. No question. And speaking of that, and the great thing about the Super Bowl, you're going to have a choice of four great teams. Two teams don't like each other, and probably two of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played the game. No question. Going against each other, Peyton Manning and uh, my man, Thomas Brady. I hate both Thomas. teams. Why? Could the earth just open up and swallow the Broncos and the Patriots? Wow. Why, man? First of all, I'm an Oakland Raider fan. And, you know, wow. the tough rule, the Patriots, I will never cheer for the Patriots ever. And the Broncos are a hated, hated rival. And I don't like Peyton Manning. He's funny looking overrated. Wow. So there. Peyton Manning's not overrated. He's, he's the greatest. I'm cheering for whoever wins the Seahawks 49ers. Wow. Peyton Manning is the greatest <laughs> regular season quarterback in the history of of football. He is, he's not even, you know what, only reason he's better than Dan Marino is because he, he did win the Super Bowl and his team bailed him out and won he him that series, Super Bowl. But he's, he's the got to be the most overrated quarterback probably no. ever. No, he's Definitely. the greatest really? regular season wow. quarterback ever. Wow. Now his brother is a much better playoff Super Bowl quarterback. Rashad, I'm stunned. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I can go with you on, on overrated Peyton Manning. He had, he, he's I would say that if you say that about Tom Brady, I would completely go with you on that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Tom Brady's overrated. It, I mean, Tom Brady has Tom Brady, bums playing with them. Yeah, and he's still but, winning. But Tom Brady, he's winning with bums. But Tom Brady's bums. system is not a very complicated system. He's not having to make the same type of throws that a Peyton Manning. But has who you throwing to though? You throwing to Amadola and. Who, what's your name? Uh, you just got a ball in face. But if you're throwing the type of throw that you and, throw in your backyard, and, it's not that hard of a throw. And, and his running back is Ridley and some other dude no, nobody's ever heard of. No, I tell you about LeGarrette Blount. I actually had people heard of really knows LeGarrette Blount because he knocks somebody out. You let, don't know him. Let, 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 let me tell you something. You don't accidentally win what? How many Super Bowls rings? He's only three. He's got th- only three. He's, only three. he's <laughs> played in six. <laughs> he's played in Two six. which he lost to who? This is true. That's right. This is true. The Giants. But, I mean, but you know what? I, I, We're the quality receivers both times. Guys that have great regular seasons, I, I just, I, I'm not down with it. I mean, Peyton Manning is a guy who played awful 
when it comes down to it. I mean, this is a guy that at Tennessee could never beat the Florida Gators. He could never win the big game in college. He could never win the big game in the pros. He is, when the chips are down and it's a must-win situation, he loses. He plays terrible games. And even the year that he won the Super Bowl, he didn't play good. He played awful, and the defense bailed him out. Bob Sanders should have been the MVP of that run for the Colts. But you know what? They give it to the quarterback because everybody loves Peyton Manning. But Peyton Manning is a guy that is good for regular season. Who's that Tony Romo? I mean, who's going to Tony Romo as Peyton Manning? I hate him. I'm going to tell you Peyton Manning is. Remember any given Sunday? Yes. Yeah, Beeman and the other quarterback. And the other quarterback, whose name I've forgotten, stands up there, and he's like, he says all the right things. His wife's next to him like, that's a great line right there. You, you, you delivered it perfectly. Because he says all the right things at all the right times. He's that stand-up, rah-rah guy, and I'm going to teach the young guys how to do it, and that's the, the Sounds like crack way. door. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. They had to go there, man. That, that, that hate. The comments <laughs> made by Rashawn are <laughs> not a reflection of anything in the talking noise, please. This is, yeah. this, is, this is what I do, though. I speak my mind. I personally think that if you said that about somebody, I'd agree with you. But it's hard to say that about Peyton Manning. I, I've, just, I've seen him in the biggest moments never come through. I mean, he has just but as many interceptions and touchdowns. I'm to say that because there are so many other factors as to why the Colts don't win. Or, or didn't win with Peyton Manning beyond just... He has like, a sub-50 quarterback rating in playoff games. I agree, but that's not just because... I can't say that all of the receivers that Peyton Manning has been as great, because would, would Reggie Wayne I in the system be that great? Reggie, first of all, Marvin Harrison is going to be a first, uh, first ballot Harrison Hall of Fame. Marvin be the exception okay. to the rule. Reggie so Wayne... For your Marvin Harrison, I give you also Randy Moss. So you can't... So when you put those two together... You take them out of the equation. Who did Peyton Manning throw to? Who did well, down uh, they both have done well right. with what they've had to work. I will say this: Reggie Wayne has, until he was injured, I mean, he was the, he's still the Colts like go-to receiver. The safety blanket, no yeah. question. And until he got hurt, so no, he was still and he's on his way to a Hall of Fame career. And, no question. And until no Harrison decided to pull a gun on somebody at a car wash, I mean, he had Adrian James, he had Marshall Falk. He's had great players, but offensive players, their defense. From the time that he stepped on the field and in, in, in and out until the time that he left was terrible. Yeah, but his defense is the, is what won him his only Super Bowl. So you know what? That's what that defense can say is you know what? We did win. And lose. Very true. Okay, so I am saying this is Peyton Manning, I love the numbers. He's, that's all it, he's good for fantasy football. <laughs> I mean that's what he is. He's I just got beat by the. He might as well be Ben Johnson. Two leagues by the guy who won the championship. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and he had Peyton Manning, so I, I got to give you that one. Yeah, so, so I, I, you know, let's switch gears. Yeah, I know we have about four minutes left, so we got to get to our Seahawks prognostication. Niners, Ooh. who you got? I mean, the Niners are six and zero. First of all, how cool is it that that Madden football? That they went with the whole Kaepernick versus Russell Wilson for their kind of their marketing ploy, and how did that work out? Nailed it because they're geniuses. Not geniuses. Bad. You know what? I, playing up there in, in the great uh, Pacific Northwest, it's going to be very with, difficult. With the team with the greatest NFL uniforms. I want those fans to win a title. They are the best fans in football, uh, period. Uh, are you sure? Period. The Green Bay may argue. The 13th, uh, 11th, 12th man, whatever, is ridiculous. Green Bay will watch their team 
in negative 15 degree weather. I agree with you. In the first Super Bowl, it was negative 15 before the wind chill. The top was sold out. Two loudest stadiums listed in the Guinness World Books of records is in the Pacific Northwest. Those Seattle Seahawks fans are ridiculous. The team has been horrible. Anytime you went up there, you knew that it was a 50-50 chance you were losing that game. Even when, even when Brian Bosworth was playing for the great Even when he was getting run over by my man Bo Jackson. Even when Jim Zorn was quarterback. Even when Jim Zorn was sucking all the time. Those fans. Even when he had Steve Largent. Even when he had, I mean, Caucasian wide receiver of all time. Those people love their football. They love that football. Just like the Washington Huskies. It's pretty much the same fans the that support both the Washington Huskies the as well as the Seahawks. Huskies. But those fans love football. Who's got something good since like Cordell Stewart? They deserve that title. They, they, they deserve the title of Super Bowl champion. So you go with the Seahawks? I am definitely going with the Seahawks. Here, here. I will say this. San Francisco, 6-0 and since Michael Crabtree has come back. Since the man has come back from injury, they have been unstoppable. Their defense Number two rated defense in the NFL. 0-2 in Seattle. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Who are you going with? I'm going to go to Seahawks only because, one, I like the uniforms. I, I, like, I love the lime green accents. Yeah. And honestly, if it was in San Francisco, I would say San Francisco would win. I agree. But that 12th man is just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I mean, that home – it's on TV. Yeah. It comes across your television line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 16 and 1. I mean, you just, you just can't beat that. Lloyd, what you got? I, I just don't think there's any way the 49ers can go up there and win that game. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be too loud. I think the weather conditions. And, and think about this. The 49ers have had to try to go to cold weather and cross the country yeah. to play this game for three weeks straight. I think at some point the body wears down. I think the mind starts to wear down. Uh, the pressure of the moment starts to play into it. I think Seattle wins. But it's going to be a great game. Man, that's the game I'm actually looking forward to more than anything. Oh, that's the game most people. Well, you know, yeah. both, both games going to be awesome. Yeah, but they'll be good. But I, I think the Seattle one, if you like old school football where yeah. it's just about knocking heads and – It's going to be a slobber knocker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was a JR, I was just about to say that too. A big slobber knocker. I was about to say that <laughs> right. right. You beat me to it. So, so you it across the board. There we go. Seattle Seahawks. What to say? A uh, rest in peace to, to May West. He yeah. passed away this week yeah. at nine years old. Young, May, May Young. Young. Excuse May me. Young. May West be like hundred ninety. So. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. And um, man, it's like our, our time is. Up. Oh, oh, we got, oh, we still got to get. The, we got still got to get the the um for the other game for the Broncos Patriots. Who you got? Well, I think we pretty much everybody agrees. Who's going to win that game? It's going to be the Patriots. No, I say Denver. I'm going to go to the Patriots. I'm, I'm going to go to Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick's going to out-coach Fox. And I and I think Peyton's going to choke. You know what? I hope Peyton chokes and continues to have that, that, that moniker of the guy who's, you know, Dan Marino life. I can't stand Peyton Manning. Go, go Broncos. Go Patriots. There we go. <laughs> and, uh, hey, I also want everybody to tune in next week because we have a very special guest host for Jay Hazard's Super Celebrity Birthday Bash. He's going to let you know. How to get tickets. He's going to let you know who's going to be the special guest MC. Where the limo's going to pick everybody up at. We're going to get tickets. Who's all going to be there? I have a couple of ideas of who's probably going to be there. We're going to talk about that. And also next week, you know, I may give away some tickets to the Kentucky Extreme Arena football team. 
Well, our first game, February 17th at 7 o'clock at Freedom Hall, where we're going to go against the Chicago Slaughter, which is owned by none other than Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent. So he'll be here in Louisville to see his team play. We'll try to get some tickets, get you guys out there. And uh, like I did every show, without any struggle, there is no progress. Peace. Thank you.